everybody. We're back with another episode of Breaking Strings. And I really want to start out with a big thank you to everybody that's written in. Your individual stories and questions have really helped shape this podcast. I have started with a lot of doubts when starting this project. I thought to myself, do I have any experience in journalism? No. Any experience in broadcasting? Also no. But I did want to do this project because I wanted to compile 20 years of experience playing music and make something really sincere with a lot of valuable information for people. That's 20 years of succeeding and 20 years of also failing. So it's a lot of learning that I've done and I want to make sure some people don't repeat some of the same mistakes that I made. I hope that when you listen to this podcast that you're motivated and inspired And that is no matter what level you're currently at. This is not just for professionals, not just for students, but amateurs and beginners can really benefit from some of these things too. At least I hope so. One listener question that came in after the first episode was a really great way to lead into the second episode. Gustavo from Panama City, Panama wrote, How do you deal with negative thoughts while you're performing? I think negative thoughts are really a reoccurring theme in people that suffer with stage fright. And for those of you who don't exactly know what I'm talking about, negative thoughts go something like this. So you go up on stage and as you begin to play the first notes of your piece, your attention completely drifts from the music. You're not thinking about interpretation. You have lost an awareness of the acoustics of the space you're playing in. You're simply not there. You're thinking things like, ugh. The audience doesn't like me, or the audience doesn't want me to be there. This can happen to all sorts of musicians at different levels. It could be a student going in and playing for a new teacher. And this can happen to people during auditions where the jury that is listening, they're kind of more neutral in their response, so you're not really sure if they like it or or not. It's a very cold response. Just because you become advanced It doesn't make you immune from these negative thoughts, believe me. I think that psychologists call this the imposter syndrome when you're very advanced and you still have these self-defeating thoughts while you're performing. Basically, the successful person is thinking to themselves, ah, at any moment I'm going to be found out. This whole thing is a sham. I'm a scam artist and I'm not really as good as I've been marketed to be. So even if you're a technically very sound player, a virtuoso, being distracted is no good at all. I mean, we're supposed to deliver a performance where every single note has meaning and every single note has intention. Now, tell me, how are we supposed to do that if we have a wandering mind? So after thinking a lot about this, I developed a technique that has worked really well for myself and it's worked well for some of my students. I call it the deliberate interference technique. First, let me tell you the story behind the technique. When I was a student at Peabody in Baltimore, we had a famous pianist on our faculty. His name was Leon Fleischer. And I'd seen him in master classes, and I'd seen him at the large Peabody events, but I'd never spoken to him, and I'd never met him in person. In the evening time, Peabody was notorious for not having enough practice rooms. We were all fighting for the practice rooms, and if you didn't get there early enough, you were just stuck, waiting. I was lucky that I had a portable instrument, a classical guitar. You could pretty much practice it anywhere. Sometimes I would have to practice outside in the courtyard if there were not enough practice rooms. On this particular day, 
I decided to play in the stairwell that's adjacent to the practice rooms that I was waiting for. So I'm practicing in that stairwell, and I hear somebody trying to budge through the door. I move aside a little bit to make sure the person can pass through, and it's Leon Fleischer. He says something to me that I've remembered to this day. Oh, wow, what a fantastic little echo chamber you've got going on here. So I laughed with him, and then I explained that I'm just practicing here because I couldn't get a practice room. I'm just waiting. He told me that he practices in the same room with his wife at the same time, and they're practicing different pieces of music. He told me that it builds concentration to do it this way. So this interaction inspired an idea. Even though I wasn't sure if he was serious or if he was joking, I decided to experiment with something. What if I intentionally tried to divert my attention from the music to build a stronger concentration? I started with the Bach Chaconne. It's a piece that lasts about 15 minutes. In the background, I would play simultaneously with my own pre-recorded rendition of the piece. So basically, you start playing 15 seconds behind, purposely out of sync with the recording. At first, what happens is that you can't help but feel and focus on the music that you're listening to. It starts overpowering the music that you're actually playing with your fingers. But over time, if you train yourself properly, you can block out the outside noise and purely focus on your piece of music. I also tried this same technique without the instrument with visualization. I'm going to discuss visualization in greater detail in separate episodes, but here's a primer for visualization. To visualize, you simply have to think of the left hand fingering and the right hand fingering that you're playing, and you literally play through the entire piece in your head as if you had the instrument. With deliberate interference technique, you incorporate it like this. You visualize out of sync with the recorded version, just like in the previous exercise. If you can steer yourself away from these outside sounds and focus on your piece of music, I think you're going to be able to combat your negative thoughts really well. It's going to be much harder for you to be distracted. I think this can be a great addition to your practice arsenal when you don't have an instrument nearby. Let's say you're in an airport, or you're traveling, or you have some other downtime. So if you've suffered with negative thoughts in the past and it really contributed to a loss of focus while you're performing, give deliberate interference technique a try. I'm curious to see if it worked for you, if it made some improvement. I'm also curious to see if there were some questions about this episode. If something wasn't clear, yeah, just please write to me. I'm always happy to interact with you guys. Remember to refer to the first episode where I talk about the larger purpose for performing. I think that a lot of these tricks and techniques that I'm presenting from episode to episode, they're going to be a lot more useful if you always refer to that larger purpose. And that larger purpose takes a lot longer to kind of acquire and get into your mind and start conditioning yourself to think like that. So that's why I'm incorporating a lot of these more practical techniques that you can just use immediately today. I hope that was helpful. Thank you guys so much, and until the next episode, thanks for listening.